0: Grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 13. We'll add a few verses to our earlier scripture reading. We'll start at the beginning of the chapter. Continue to show brotherly love. Do not fail to show love to strangers, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated, as if you yourselves were also suffering bodily. Marriage is to be held in honor by all, and the marriage bed kept pure and undefiled. For God will judge sexually immoral people and adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So then we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember, leaders, who spoke the word of God to you. Carefully consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For we do not have a permanent city here, but we are looking for the city that is coming. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. As we look back at 2020 and 2021, the, the COVID years, there are probably a whole lot of things we'd like to forget. We'd like to forget about masks and lockdowns. We'd like to forget about shots and illnesses. But maybe most of all, we'd like to forget about all the arguing, and all the sides that people took and argued about just about everything. But as in everything, there was something good that came out of those pandemic years, though many probably wouldn't see it that way. The good thing is that maybe more than ever in our lifetime, we've been brought to realize what the writer to the Hebrews tells us this evening. We have no permanent city here. The sickness that spreads around the whole world to which nobody has immunity and for which there is no treatment ought to help you recognize your mortality. We all know that. We all know that we're mortal. But it usually takes something to to force us to face it, to force us to think about it, whether that might be an illness, whether that might be a disease, whether that might be a near miss accident. Something brings it to mind. Something makes us think about our mortality. That usually makes us uncomfortable so we don't like to talk about it, but God talks about it. He brings it to our mind many times throughout Scripture. All the way back in Genesis chapter 5 after he lists name after name after name, he's tolling the bell of mortality and each of those genealogies ends with the same phrase, and they died. We heard from Ecclesiastes there's a time to give birth and a time to die. Paul reminds us that in Adam, we all died. In another place, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us that man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. People can ignore it all they want, but those two things that are said to be certain. Death and taxes. There's only one of those two that's absolutely certain, and it's not taxes. It's good to be reminded that we have no permanent city here because hopefully then we'll be looking for something that is permanent. We'll realize that God has put eternity in our hearts, He has given us an eternal soul that should remind us to be conscious to know for sure where we're going to spend eternity. When people are reminded of their mortality, they often become philosophers. They might choose a philosophy of thinking, well, no one knows how long their life is going to last, no one really knows what's going to happen afterwards, so make sure you get your bucket list all checked off as soon as you can. Or... They might adopt the philosophy that, well, if there is a God, he must be a good guy. And so it doesn't really matter all that much what I do, because if he's a good guy, then he'll treat me well. Or the most common one, of course. If I do more good than bad, then I'll be fine, because I'll either be reincarnated at a higher level somewhere, or at least I'll get to live in a place that's peaceful and nice and happy. There's only one philosophy that's not really a philosophy, it's just the truth. The truth that was given to us by the only person who has ever lived and died and come back from the dead to tell us the truth of God's word. By God's grace. You have had leaders who spoke the word of God to you. They shared the faith, which was also their faith, with you. They shared the clear teaching of Jesus and of all the scriptures, that whenever anyone dies, their soul goes immediately to heaven or hell. There is no other place, just those two. That when Jesus comes back in glory, he'll take all of the souls and reunite them with resurrected bodies, and then everyone will live soul and body, either in heaven or in hell. They taught you that Jesus was born to live and die in your place so you would never have to worry about where you're going to spend eternity. You would be able to know. They taught you that Jesus promises that all who look to him, not all who look to him on the cross, just as the people in the desert looked at the snake, the bronze snake, trusting the promise of God, have eternal life. Heaven's a free gift of God given to all who trust in Jesus as their Savior, as their substitute in life and death, as their King who rose victoriously from the grave. If the pandemic made you remember your mortality and then think about your eternity, that's a good thing. And then if you remembered what you were taught, if you remembered the faith, or if you were were moved to search more in the Scriptures for what God says about eternity. That's a good thing. If you've been reminded to do those things, you remember that you don't have a permanent city here, and you're looking for a city that is coming, that permanent one, that one where there is nothing bad, where there's no pain or suffering or illness or death, then you have a new perspective on your new year a new perspective on life a godly perspective of life as you realize that your life is no permanent city here you can't take anything with you when you go and then you're told you learn you learn about how much god loves you so much that he was willing to send his one and only son jesus to be your savior Maybe you'll be moved to brotherly love, to love others more. As John writes, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And Jesus makes it very clear that he's not meaning there, your friends and those who do good to you. Yes, them, but it also includes those who hurt you. It also includes your enemies. As you realize that your life on earth is not permanent and nothing really belongs to you, you might be moved to show hospitality, to care for strangers. The writer reminded us that both Abraham and Lot entertained strangers, and turned out they weren't strangers at all, they were angels. But even better than that, what if your hospitality and your love for a stranger? enables you to share God's word with them. And even if you never see them again in your life, you get to see them again in heaven. What could be better than that? As you realize that your life on earth is not permanent and and marriage is something only for this life, you might be moved to work hard at encouraging one another to grow in the faith. After all, that one person that you say you love more than anyone else on the face of the earth, don't you want them to share eternity with you, even though you won't be married there? As you realize that your life on earth is not permanent and that everything you have will be destroyed when Jesus comes again in glory, you might find it easier to keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. It's really the the present things. Like Paul, you can learn the secret of being content in every and any situation that you face in life because you have this wonderful promise, the writer says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Or as God says through Isaiah, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she bore? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Or as Paul reminds us, if God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These wonderful promises are promises of God. Promises that are given to us by the one who is the same, yesterday, today, and forever, the one who does not change like the shifting shadows. Promises are absolutely certain and sure. They enable us to say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? We say, well, yeah, there are a lot of things man can do to me. I just look at Jesus on the cross. Just pick up one of those flyers about Voice of the Martyrs. Human beings can do some very terrible things to other human beings. They can take our life. Jesus reminds us that we're not to be afraid of the one who can destroy the body. The one we are to give the highest possible respect to is the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Luther understood that. When he wrote those words. Take they our life, goods, fame, child or wife. Let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom, ours remains. That permanent city, that eternal city, it's ours. It remains ours. In Jesus, we have the title deed in our hands, and no one can take it away from us. We faced a lot of uncertainty over the past couple years. The virus continues to mutate, guidelines continue to change, friends and relatives are happy and healthy one day and the next day they might be ill or in the hospital. We're reminded over and over again that we do not have a permanent city here. But there's one thing that we can be absolutely certain about, because it's based on the promise of the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the one who never changes one who doesn't change like shifting shadows. His promise stands firm and unchanging. Because of what he has done for us, we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for us. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we do have a permanent city, a place in heaven waiting for us. Amen. Please stand.